Pride season may start in June, but it really ends on Halloween, the night where many drag queens are born and gay men find a way to incorporate being shirtless into their costume. But for your viewing entertainment, there are plenty of delicious treats and unfortunately a few tricks vying for your screen time. At the top of the list is the film Bros, starring Billy Eichner and featuring appearances by many of our favorite guests of Feast of Fun. Today, we take a look at all the film and streaming LGBT goodies going into your bag this Halloween. Why are people so eager to declare Bros a box office bomb despite being number four in sales? Jackie Beat takes on psychotherapy on Out TV. Hocus Pocus 2 resurrects the Sanderson sisters and our favorite zombie Billy. Rob Zombie reboots the Munsters. Hulu's Halloween drag extravaganza takes on the difficult challenge of making drag queens funny. And arriving late for Halloween but stealing all the candy will be Tim Burton's Wednesday, where the daughter of the Adams family goes to a Hogwarts-style school without the turfs. Plus, Lizzo causes a commotion by blowing the late U.S. President James Madison's crystal flute. I am Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Fausto, what is that ominous melody? Yeah, does that sound spooky? It does sound a little Halloween-y. What is it? It's uh, Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo. Is that Blowing from the album? president's flute. <laughs> she blew the president's flute? Yeah, it's a crystal flute. Wow. Uh, at the Library of Congress. I didn't know everybody could blow crystal. Yeah, flutes. she was blowing. She lit up a crystal pipe <laughs> with her music. With her music. Yeah. <laughs> and well, so when people are losing their minds, they're like, I how know. inappropriate a black woman shimming and shaking and, you know, uh, what is it? Twerking. 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 Yeah, yes, twerking. Yes. Well, but she's not really twerking, though. No. She's more shimming. She's you just, know, you know she's she, making some movements and whatnot. But, you know, people are just outraged saying things like, oh, you know, that thing's, uh, you know, too valuable. You shouldn't be touching it. You should be playing with it. You know, it, no big deal. Uh, they've had other people and other things that are in that historical place mm-hmm. played by other people, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about who is a famous flute player in this world that appeals to people, you can't think of anybody except for Lizzo. The Pied Piper. The Pied Piper, but Taking he's a Taking the rats of racism out of town. <laughs> and into the sea. Uh, what was that tweet I shared with you? Yeah, was- so somebody on uh, Twitter, Trey Day Way, said, they're acting like Lizzo's playing the flute will resurrect dead slaves for revenge. Oh. And Akila Hugh said, now I would watch that movie. <laughs> I'm crying because I love you. Lizzo is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And she should have had her own Halloween special. Why doesn't she have a Halloween special? Because she's on tour. Oh, she's touring? She's she's traveling oh, around she the country. Tra- she kicked it off at Washington, D.C. And right. this was part of the thing. And, and now, uh, hats off to whoever at the Library of Congress thought of, you know, pulling out a dusty old flute. Mm-hmm made out of crystal mm-hmm. that survived a fire in mm-hmm. James Madison's house. I guarantee you it was a black woman or a gay man that said, yes. let's get Lizzo to do this. And they were like, yes, Lizzo's coming, yes. Because <laughs> you imagine, you know, working in a library cannot always be exciting. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of dusting. A lot of shushing people. Shh, shh. Well, do they shush people at the Library of Congress? I don't they think probably so. do. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a vault, you know, it's a... It's a place where they keep important things like uh, st- the movie Star Wars is mm-hmm. archived there. Yeah, I mean, but they have important books there as yeah. well that you can check out and look. And someday this podcast that you're listening to will probably be housed in the I Library of Congress. believe we already are. Okay. We may be already. Portion uh, of something. I think because uh, we won the People's Choice Podcast Award five times. Uh, Billy Eichner, how many? Podcasts have you won award? <laughs> well, once? the award is have now won? named after us. It's named it is after the, us. the yeah. Feast yeah. of yeah. Fun the Feast of the Fun, Fun Award. LGBT Podcast Award. And I believe uh, 
they just announced the winner of it this year. They did? And, yeah, they just had it. And I went to the website to look to see who won, but I, it wasn't loading. I think it was just too jammed Oh, our out. internet's down. So congratulations to whoever won <laughs> the Feast of Fun LGBT award. podcast award. You know, if you shared your winning on Twitter and you tagged Feast of Fun on it, then we would probably get it. But you probably didn't tag us, so. Oh, my God, what? Shady. What? I'm just saying I would know who won if they tagged us. So you're not like other podcasters, like you're fine with giving credit to people a- absolutely, whenever it's possible. Whenever it's possible and, you know, if they're kind and decent people. Well, Billy Eichner is a kind and decent person. Yes. So far that I know. I don't, I don't know if he's a real, po- he's a podcaster in this movie. He's not a podcaster in real life. He's a popular guest. Okay. We were not pitched for this, no. but uh, it does feel, for people who are familiar with the show, they're like, why didn't Billy Eichner come on your podcast to talk about it? And I was like... Because maybe whoever wrote that scene may have been inspired (laughs) by us, but didn't tell him, hey, Billy, I stole this from Feast of Fun. So we don't believe in stealing. He was inspired by it. So the show opens with him talking into a microphone and saying hi. And he says, hi, welcome to Feast of Fun, your favorite podcast where we talk about whatever we want to talk about by myself. Welcome to my my one millionth subscriber to the podcast. This podcast does not have a million subscribers. We have more than a million downloads. Yes. Well, more than a million downloads. (laughs) More than like close to a billion. Yes. But over but, a billion, but I, they, 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 I think they angle yeah. him as a podcaster because he gives a monologue right away, and yes. it's a way to, for him to give a monologue without having to pay an actor to be there. You <laughs> know, you got to watch money. the money because you know it's a gay film <laughs> starring gay actors. They know it's probably going to bomb at the box office, but they want it to be seen as a theatrical release, and they're hoping people will show up. But you know, unfortunately, uh, the the movie's fantastic. I mean, Faust and I and our friend Jack, who have you heard on this podcast, Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan, um, former host of the Ten Percent Show here in Chicago. He, uh, we all just thought it was hysterical, and it was so many jokes one after another, and most. Gay films, you know, you got to say there's a little bit of cringiness there because sometimes they come off a little too hokey or earnest. Ernest, yeah. And this doesn't do that until the very end. But by the end, you're like, when he sings his song, you're like, okay, now I'm cringing. He does. Uh, he sings, uh, can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> and you're like, why is he singing Lion King? And then you look it up and he's like, oh, he played the meek rat. Oh. In the uh, Beyonce Lion King. Oh, that's right. That's right. He, they, and he uh, licensed his uh, character from uh, Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Did yeah. they really license Randall's, it, or did I don't they know. steal it? I think he stole it. They probably. I think Honey Badger probably had lawyers because Honey Badger don't care. Yeah, they, they, probably, probably, they probably Honey Badger sues. Some, they probably gave him some money. Well, Randall, he's a listener of the podcast. Yeah. Tell us, did did he did yeah. you? Did well, you he, maybe he had a non-disclosure he was, yeah. agreement. He might not. He was actually uh, mm-hmm. Randall was on the same episode of To Tell the Truth that our friend Amanda Cohen was on. That's right. It's not weird. And they didn't talk about us. No, not at all. They're like who? Who? What? <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I have to say, you know, I go to a lot of movies. I appreciate all kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of movies don't tell the story of my life on the screen. You know, I don't see myself seen in a lot of films. But you go anyway. And I go, go anyways. The, the, the last time I went to a movie theater and I was like, get out of my head, was Sex in the City too? Because you lead an awful life. <laughs> and that's an awful movie. <laughs> Well, because I felt like you related because you think I watch too much TV. Yes. Well, and guess you do. what? And Mr. Big's dead now. Yeah. So so don't happy? do any any. What is it? CrossFit or what is the thing? You Peloton. Peloton. No, no. I, you know, it's, it's I a, did buy a Peloton bike, and you're just like scared to get on it because it might kill you. Well, it's not Peloton branded. But, but yeah, that's why it was off brand because mm-hmm. I didn't want you to die. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I felt like Sex in the City too sort of captured a lot of the themes and topics that we were talking about on the podcast at the time. Mm-hmm. So when we went to see it with Curtis Jensen, um, he's a graphic designer and, and, mm-hmm. you know, queer guru in California. And we're sitting there in the movie theater and Curtis is just like, what's going on? Did you guys like, like get paid or, you know, <laughs> like, and you know, people were like asking us at the time, like, do we have some kind of connection to Sarah Jessica Parker? She's going to come on the podcast or stuff like that. I was like, look, I'm just as flabbergasted as you are. And with bros coming out, I'm sitting there and he starts the show. is like, I'm a podcaster. I'm trying to find love, but not really, you know? And I'm just thinking, I was like, is this going to be like feast of fun, the movie? And, 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 <laughs> And so people are like asking us, like, are you more, you know, Billy Eichner's character or Luke McFarland? Like, 
And I have to say, you know, those two characters are sort of a reflection of what Mark and I identify with and struggle with, you know, and, and our relationships and, and struggles with each other are mirrored in the struggles in those characters' lives. And also, a lot of our guests, past guests, were make, having cameos. T.S. Madison? Yeah, I mean, T.S. Madison, which I adore. Lines. She had many lines. She had many speaking lines, so mm-hmm. she got paid, mm-hmm. which is good. Julia Scotty? Julia Scotty. Trans comedian who yeah. had, like, one line. It was That was a cameo, because it was just, like, one line. She's like... Paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Herman, <laughs> and then Guy Branham was on a, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, and now he's he's uh, he's uh, featured in this as well. And and his line is like, Luke McFarlane's hot but boring. But it's like everybody we've ever talked about, you know what I mean? Is in yeah. there? Yeah. You know the the gay icons: Deborah Messing, Kristen Chenoweth, Gyro. Uh, gosh, it was we so uh, many. people don't know Gyro is Gyro Rodriguez. Right. Yeah. But we shortened his name to Gyro. Gyro. Because <laughs> Gyro wouldn't come on the podcast. He wouldn't come. We were mad about it or something at the time. And, and then uh, our friend Ronnie was like, fuck Gyro. <laughs> <laughs> she had a rant on Gyro. That's and that was sure. really funny. But, so you know, I, I felt like I was really uh, seen. And, and, and this is the question that people are asking, like, who is this film for? And I'm like, it's for Fausto. Thank you very much. Mm. And they spent $22 million, and I deserved every penny of that. <laughs> Well, the big complaint, yeah. though, is that, you know, uh, and Billy was interviewed and he's just like, hey, straight people have not shown up to see this film. Because, you know, if you I make, paid, I went to you're see not it. straight, though. Well, I'm going in the closet. OK, so I could come out. <laughs> right. Well, because this is the first like larger budget uh, film yeah. starring two gay actors playing a gay love and just like in and out came out like 20 some years ago. But that was, you know, with Kevin Klein and uh, Magnum P.I. And, you know, I don't know if either of them. Have, Tom Selleck uh, was Tom's, in that movie. Uh, yeah, he was the love interest. It was oh Tom Selleck God. and Kevin Klein. And so, uh, you know, I forgot about that. Did they ever come out of the closet? I don't know. And, and people are rumored that Tom Selleck is gay in real life. Well, with that mustache and those tight little shorts he used to wear, how could he not be? Well, you know what made him gay is uh, being a romantic co-star with. May West oh, in Sextet. That's right. I think that was his first role. <laughs> first gay movie that he's done. How tall are you? Six foot seven. Oh, forget about the six feet. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about the, the seven, seven inches. inches. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the line she yeah, says yeah, to him. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> God bless May. May West is still alive in our hearts. Yes. And may she live forever. And so, you know, yeah. uh, the, the big, so uh, anyway, I forgot what my point was. And so this is the first major film that, that, that's been from treated a studio. like this. From a studio. Judd Apatow, yes. who did The 40-Year-Old Virgin and yeah. a lot of films like that, you know. So this is the pacing. If you compare all the other stuff that we're going to talk about in the show, especially the stuff done by the, the Rue girls, the drag queens, it, the pacing is just really efficient. Yeah, and so you know, with and this, and this and everything else just feels okay. like it takes forever to deliver yeah. their lines. Yeah, this, this movie it moves quick, but you know, Billy was interviewed. And he's like, uh, straight people didn't show up for this and to see the film because only he's like being, he's having um what we call um the blues, the post creative blues, right? And, and maybe Billy Eichner's lived a charmed life and hasn't really put his heart and soul into a project like this, because this is something that really has been thoroughly fleshed out, very well written, very well directed, mm-hmm. very well assembled. It is, you know, in, in some ways a masterpiece for him. Mm-hmm. And he should be very proud of this. And I think, you know, how much did they bring it? It's number four of the box it's number office. Four, so four, like 4.8 million, but also two. So they, they were wanting 20, tw- so they're gonna, they're gonna 12. Ha- That's crazy. Well, you know, and the movie above them was only like six million, and that's yeah. and that's uh, the 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 Queen movie with uh, what's her name? Um, is it Viola Davis? Below them is Avatar. The, the yeah. re-releasing Avatar, yeah. James Cameron one. Mm-hmm. And so, you yeah. know, also too, like, there's a lot going. On. There was a lot. There was a hurricane this past week, so people aren't showing up. But if you go onto the comments section, it was just like it's 50 percent of the comments are saying like, "I will never go see this in the movie theater. I'll wait for it to go on streaming. I don't go to the theater anymore." Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, and there's other people that are just like, I hate Billy on the street, so I will never see this film. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I, you don't have to see it in the theater if you don't want to, I and mean, nobody's going to force you to, but when it comes out, you know, definitely do watch it. And you know, if you don't think it's funny, then you don't think it's funny. But personally, I think it's very funny. If so you like our shows. podcast, yeah, you like you, some of you guys have been listening to the show for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
you go treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Don't let the haters win. Mm-hmm. Go see bros. Go see it in the way it's intended in a big mm-hmm. screen yeah. and enjoy it. Because I, I'm the first one to be like, this movie sucked. And oh, you yeah, guys know, I will tell, as I will be telling you later in the show, how much these other things suck. You know, I'm not one of those people that's just yeah. like, you have to go out and support it because I hate no, it. And drag that. queens do this all the time. I hate when This they is do what that. drag queens do. And this is just to me, if you're a drag queen, don't ever do this. Don't ever post that you're going to go see someone's show because you want to support them. Well, isn't that a nice thing to say? No, it's a terrible thing to Why say. Because what you're really <laughs> saying is this person's act really sucks. And I'm not going to enjoy it. So I'm just going there to support it because maybe they'll hire me someday to be in their show or, you know. So you don't really believe in what they do. You don't really enjoy it. Yes, exactly. You're just doing it to support them. And to me, that just always just like I'm sure sinister. I'm sure like not everyone who writes that like that's what's in their heart. But that's what it comes across as, you know, if you're showing up to support somebody, it just. If you're not enjoying it, don't see it. Yeah, if you don't like it. And that's why I don't go to a lot of drag shows these days. Because I don't enjoy them. No. I mean. (laughs) I just don't enjoy going out to bars. Now we're going to get canceled again. No, I mean, I do like going to see drag. And I do like seeing it at certain times. But I have to be in the mood for it. There are some drag acts that no matter where they are, no matter what I'm doing, I will go see. Yeah. Lady Bunny is one of those people. Yeah, Jackie Beat I will see. Yeah. Coco Peru I will see. Hands down. Hands down, always will go see them. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and we're going to get to their, their, yeah. their seasonal offerings yes. with them in a minute, but it's like, you know, with, with bros, I feel like it's something that really beautifully captures a lot of the topics and struggles and, you know, some of the frustrations that we have, you know, mm-hmm. because, uh, Billy Eichner, they start him off as a, as a podcaster and then they never mention the podcast ever, ever again. again. He totally pod fades in the first five minutes of the movie. He pod faded like he pod faded with his own podcast. <laughs> did he have a podcast? I don't know if he did. I, I searched high and low. I couldn't find anything. No. So he may have had one in the past, but not anymore. Well, maybe he'll bring it back. Maybe. That's, that's called Well, shade. what's interesting yeah. too, you know, uh, I think it's like 60% of gay men are single. Like across all like age groups. So and how, uh, what, what about, you know, trans or straight or, uh, you know, I think more stra- I think straight, more straight people are, are in relationships. Oh, they are. Yeah, I think so. But I think also too, with gay men, because, um, you know, you have access to so many sexual outlets as a gay man that, uh, it makes being easier, uh, being single easier, easier in some ways, I think. Or you have uh, support from, yeah, you, you just, since you're a gay boy, you kind of just know to do it on your own. You know what I mean? I want to tell people out there who you are is good enough. Right. And, you know, uh, dinner for one is just as delicious as dinner for two. Mm. However, I also can't conceive my life without my love of my life, Mark Feeling, the co-host of the show. And, you know, somebody who makes so much of the burden that I go through so much easier. And Mm. I couldn't do half Mm. the things that I do. If you weren't part of my life. Oh, thank you. But at the same time, you know, I don't want people to feel like pressure of any kind to be in a relationship when they're not ready to or don't want to be. Yeah. And, you know, people it's you know, we build our own networks. We have friends. We have family. We have, you know, our chosen family. Yeah. And so you might not have a chosen husband or a chosen wife, but you have chosen brothers and sisters, children's moms and dads. You know, people create a complete life without having that one primary romantic par- partner. So he, uh, Billy Eichner's real job is that he's the, I guess, the executive director of an LGBTQ plus community center or his museum. museum. LGBT, LGBTQ plus history museum. History museum. And so they're struggling to open it mm-hmm. and they're not getting enough funding. And so they're, so the hijinks that go through that and in their board of directors, there's a lot of um, um, humor talking about queer nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And we've dealt with a number of queer nonprofits over the years. And it just kind of like, it's all a lot of infighting, a lot of bickering, a lot of pandering, a lot of saying things like, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm holding place in my heart for I'm you. I'm creating space I'm for creating you. I'm creating space for you in my heart. And, and that yeah. was a, a joke that landed and made us howl with laughter. And I turned to the audience and, and nobody was laughing. No, they didn't get it. Who is this movie for? It's for Mark and me. <laughs> and you know what? Thank you, Billy Eichner. Yeah. Anything, any insults, any negative things that you may have misinterpreted or stuff. I adore you and I love you and I, I create mm-hmm. space for you. Yeah. I'm creating space for this movie. 
I thought he was great. You it know, was great. And Luke McFarlane is so goddamn cute. I could look at his face and those pecs and those nipples for hours. Can we talk about Billy Eichner's body for a hot minute? Sure. He worked out for this movie. Yeah, but not that much. <laughs> he worked out more than he normally does. Well, I don't know what he If you compare does. his body to Billy on the street okay. and you look at him well, in this movie, his shoulders are pushing out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He definitely had a flat stomach. Mm-hmm. He had a bit of a belly and stuff. You know, and, and well, you know, you I don't think a- it's necessary for him to do that because he, you know, we need to also represent the bears and, and people of all body shapes and sizes in sexual and scenes and movies. Skinny twinks with concave chests. Yes. Yeah. And, and so for me, it was like, I'm glad that he felt comfortable. And, and the sex scenes I thought were hilarious in this hilarious. movie. We never see something like that. No. Any LGBTQs sex scenes at all they tiptoe around that shit they're either like very sentimental and stupid what did you think about the muscle worship scene i loved it i thought it was hot when luke mcfarland's in bed and hilarious double bicep pose mm-hmm. and then this look on billy's face he's like i'm gonna kiss that bicep although billy had a certain naive charm but no muscle <laughs> and what did you think about this uh representation <laughs> of steroids well, it was interesting. Since you do a podcast on bodybuilding and steroids, steroids, right? And we talk about that. Let's grow big together. And you know, the problem with steroids in in popular culture, um, and I think it's uh, Hercules in New York with Arnold Schwarzenegger is mm-hmm. the the movie that I think about. Is that a roided out bodybuilder is you know is like also positioned in that in that space as a hysterical woman. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because in Western society, we have uh, a fear of the body mm. and muscular men or muscular women and women in general and queer people um, have to bear the burden of our general fear and disgust of the body uh, because we awaken those feelings in other people. And, and so when we, see steroids or bodybuilding or muscles talked about in popular culture, it's usually in a negative way or it's uh, in a, you know, sex negative way or that person is not control their facilities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, Billy's character starts testosterone replacement therapy to try to uh, keep up with his muscular boyfriend, who's also on testosterone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And and big surprise, you know, it's actually kind of a a watershed moment in Hollywood because Big surprise is a lot of these buff action stars are on roids, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and so, like, I don't think they were realizing what they were revealing, right? <laughs> and so you know, Billy Eichner is just, like, has a meltdown at, at work in his community center. And he's like, I have roid rage. <laughs> After he injects himself once. <laughs> once. And, and all the trans people are like, that's not roid rage. <laughs> well, because, you know, when people make fun of people for supplementing with hormones, too, it's like, you know, because the bodybuilders is like, you also have to remember there's a lot of older women, a lot of older men, and a lot of, you know, part of being trans for many people is supplementation with hormones. Testosterone or estrogen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought they played that really, really smartly. I thought it was really funny. And it was really nice to see like a honest and um, refreshing, humorous take. You know, for me, it's like comedy is so powerful because it can open doors and break down walls of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think Billy Eichner, I mean, I, I wish he was listening to this or somebody it who listens, somebody who's out there, please be proud of your work. Please don't focus on the negative. I don't know if this is like some marketing campaign, but it bothers me. How much like Disney and, you know, Universal Pictures that does this movie and, uh, uh, you know, how like fighting on the Internet is kind of tied to marketing. marketing. Yeah. And and him like going like, you know, straight people didn't support this and all that so, stuff. So and I was like, it didn't do well in the box office. We don't know what the con like. So, yeah, you know, it, just, it, 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 was a, it was an interview and he just said, you know, and it could be just the facts is like gay people showed up to see this film. A lot of straight people didn't. And, you know, is it a is it a complaint? Yes. Is it a legitimate complaint? Probably. Is it whiny? I don't know what his intent was, but certainly every gay person in the Internet uh, viewed it as a whiny complaint. And so you look at any comment and it's just like, why is he complaining about this? You know, uh, it's like, it should have just gone straight to streaming. I don't go to theaters anymore. Uh, all, like the world has changed. Billy Eichner learned from my mistakes. Yeah. Laugh about it. You're wow. a comedian. 
<laughs> Make a joke about it. But you know, that's you know, also- be like, uh, we did better than Avatar. Suck my dick, James Pandora. Cameron. You know, you know. <laughs> what is the name of the species in uh in the 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 Navi? The Navi. Not suck my dick, Navi. <laughs> you know, suck my blue dick or whatever. You know, it, it was just like. There are so many opportunities to, to make jokes about this. And at the end of the day, you know, Billy Eichner's career is solid for the rest of his life. This is a very. You don't know, but that's, that's not how people in Hollywood view it. I know. They always think they're just on the precipice, precipice of disaster. Always. Well, and if you keep focusing on how people are not seeing your movie, you're definitely inviting negative yeah. energy into yeah. your beloved pet project. And it's. It's a, it, it, you know, Billy Eichner, you are good enough. You're smart enough. Mm. And God damn it. People like you. That's a, not some people on the internet, but some people, people, you know, listen, you're not going to please everybody. No, I mean, listen, we're the number, we're the number one LGBT podcast for like 15 years or something like that. And it's like, and people are like, well, I don't like your show. And I'm like, cause it's not for you. No, we don't make this show for Assholes don't like this show. No, they run from this show. I have to say bad people are repelled like me, like vampires are to garbage. Same with me. Yeah. They look at me and they're just like, you have poisonous blood. (laughs) And I'm like, listen, I'm part fairy, part vampire. And it's really hard to make content for queer people because you're just not going to speak to everybody in that queer community. And it's okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. not to like something. Yeah. But it's also okay to celebrate things and to love things Mm -hmm. for what they are. And, you know, I want people to really check their, like if they already have negative uh, associations with Mm -hmm. this film is really think about is this because I have internalized homophobia? Because you might not think it, but you're like, am I giving this a chance? Am I, you know, and if you're not giving it a chance, then probably you're, you're not dealing with your, you have some homophobia there. Cause those, all those isms, a lot of it isn't necessarily like surface hate or dislike or anything like that. It's like, do you get a second chance? Does that older person that said that offhanded thing, do they get a second chance? Like you gave that 25 year old twink a chance, a second chance? No. Uh, does the woman who speaks up during the meeting, does she get a second chance uh, as opposed to, you know, your guy friend who dominates the conversation all the time? So those things, you know, it's pernicious. I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. The listeners of this podcast who enjoy well, our show will also enjoy this movie for, for sure. the same reason you enjoy this podcast. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not for everybody. You no. know, not everybody likes yeah. Thai food. No. I adore Thai food and uh, I enjoy eating Thai mm-hmm. food all some the time. Some people like oysters. Some people like mussels. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to like both. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, I let's talk about something that's truly terrible. Uh, Rob Zombie's Monsters on Netflix. Oh, my God. Just and Rob garbage. Zombie said he wanted. Is this not the movie he wanted to make? No. He, then why make it at all? Well, he was contractually, he he signed the check. They signed the check. He cashed it. He bought a bunch of what they want, bunch of shit with it. And couldn't return the funds. And then the Netflix said, um, you have to make it in color. You can't make it in black and white. And for a lot of, you know, filmmakers like Rob Zombie, they look at Mel Brooks's young Frankenstein as sort of the, the, you know, the citizen Kane of, of these kind of films, the comedy horror films. And this is de- this is as far away from that movie as even if it was in black and white. It, I mean, you can just take your TV set and change it to black mm. and white. Oh, you could. You could and watch Rob Zombie's Monsters. Will it be funnier? No. Will it be more entertainment? No. no. And the the core premise of the Monsters and the Adams Family and a lot of these movies is having these the ridiculous premise of these monsters in the modern world. You know, the the monsters are think they're beautiful. And think they're practically normal. And they feel sorry for Marilyn, who's named after Marilyn Monroe. Right. Their, their cousin, right? Mm-hmm. So it was cousin Marilyn. Yeah. <laughs> um, they thought she was the ugliest person yes. in the family, yeah. right? And whenever they deal with the outside world, they're like, they just don't understand. You know, poor mm-hmm. that poor man, he was mm-hmm. so scared. You know, they, they're, they're kind of um, oddballs in a, in a world that doesn't appreciate right. them, which speaks a lot to LGBT mm-hmm. people. And Rob Zombie as a cisgender heterosexual person doesn't really appreciate that. And threw that all out the window to make this movie that is basically the origin story of how Herman met Lily. Right. 
And how Herman was created, how Herman met Lily, yeah. how they came to the United States, that kind of how they got their pet monster. Um, there's a little, maybe a little backstory of why their kid turned out to be a wolf. You well, know? Yeah, it, it does have Butch Patrick in a cameo. It has Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, as a real estate agent, as a real estate agent who sells them the house, mm-hmm. thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought Al Lewis and Fred Gwynn were comedy dynamos you know on car 54 um and they even reference car 54 in the monsters it just doesn't come together it, no. it is it is so disappointing and heartbreaking and and also stilted and weird really distracting is the lighting like the 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 weird that they the weird red red on, and green lights it was just all the time terrible. and they, he said that, that he could, intentionally made that so just to piss off the studio mm-hmm. I mean, eventually when they moved to California, they kind of ditched some of that light. But yeah, it's just it's like uh, it's just it's heartbreaking. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. It was like you were talking about Marilyn. I remember when we used to do like our live Feast of Fun productions, Mm -hmm. you know, I was either like running the camera, you know, I would help you write the shows, but I would run the camera. I would work the ticket booth, that kind of stuff. You're in the production, Uh, production, the production side of things. And then people would come up to me like, everybody's in costume. Why aren't you in costume? I'm like, well, have you ever seen the Munsters? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm the Marilyn character. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I told you that. And you're like, you need to stop telling people that. <laughs> well, what's funny about Marilyn, too, is because, like, yeah. the woman who played Marilyn the first season of The Munsters, she was in Pat love Priest. with she was in love with some some guy. And she, like, left the show to go be with him in New York City because the production moved out to L.A. She didn't think the show would last or something like that. And I guess the production, like the actors in the show were just like, if you love this guy, go be with him. Mm-hmm. And so they hired a, another woman to jump into the role. And she's just like, and I want to say that she was like at least 10 years older than the original mm-hmm. actress. And, but she fit into all her costumes <laughs> and she's just like, and people barely and during interviews, they didn't she's notice. Like, people didn't notice. Yeah. They just didn't even notice that I was a different character. It's like Dick person. York and Dick Sargent. People in, noticed in that. The Bewitched. People did notice that because he was a main character. Now the rumor is that Dick York was an alcoholic who manhandled Elizabeth Montgomery. Yes. Uh, who was a producer of the show. She was in fact, the true producer of the, the show. Real but she producer. had to use her husband's name. And so she had had him 69 yeah, out yeah. of there. But but in reality, I guess he had 86. health. 86. 69. <laughs> but he did have some health issues, but yeah. it was because of him, like, because Being of an alcoholic. Drinking. And he manhandled her, like, he grabbed her arm or something like that. And she's just like, I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. Yeah. And so they replaced him. But they also put something out there that he was ill. so that you To know, respect his privacy. To, well, yeah, because we let men get away with things back like that. Right. But it was also he was struggling with addiction. And, right. And, you know, in Hollywood, I mean, you know, in the history of Hollywood and addiction, like uh, who was it that uh, um, the Vicky, the actress who played Vicky? No. Mm-hmm. Was it Vicky on The Love Boat? No. Lauren Tews. Lauren Tews. What was the name of her character? Julie. Julie. Cokehead Julie on The Love Boat. She said that, like, you know, and today they would have just put her in recovery and, and by the end of the season and brought her back on, you mm-hmm. know? But they were like, didn't know what to do with her addiction. No, we didn't understand addiction. We still don't understand. We don't really addiction. know. Yeah. So all we do know about addiction is that um, a lot of people who are addicted feel like not connected to their community and don't have a good support system and don't feel comfortable coming out with their addiction because if they do, then they feel even more of a disconnect. So it becomes this like dysfunctional. That's the real monster mm-hmm. is addiction and and isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, so will there, be a, yeah. will there be there are monsters no, too? Probably not. It's not. Rob Zombie's sick of it. Yeah. He's like, he's, you know, he's doing the same thing that um, the director of Wonder Woman 1984 mm-hmm. did is basically throwing the studio mm-hmm. uh, responsible for the failure of the mm-hmm. project. You know? And I got to say, you know, of all of the characters on there, I think that, uh, you know, Herman Munster, uh, his, he had a lot of the, the mannerisms that the original mm-hmm. uh, Fred Gwynn had. So he was, uh, but again, it's still... Like he did the face, he did the eyes, he did all that kind of stuff, but it was just, it was just so annoying. Yeah, uh, he. Um, and I, I watched almost the whole thing. I kind of had to skip the head towards the end because I wanted to see Elvira's scenes, and then I was just like, but it really is just so hard to watch. Yeah, so you know, sorry, Cassandra <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> She's like, don't worry about me, Fausto. I still got paid. That check cleared. 
But it, but it is interesting. But her like, makeup was weird too. She, she, yeah. was, she played a witch, so they painted her face green. But her neck was and bosom was still white. It was just weird. The, the pacing of it does feel like the skits from a horror hostess. Yes. Show like Elvira, you know. So it was interesting that they included her in this and those kind of sets. Too, and those right? sets, uh, Chicago. We've had Svengoolie for years, and it had that same kind of. It's like it's not funny, but it's free and it's late at night. Mm-hmm. And I do want to watch this movie. And so I'll sit through the skits and, you know, what, what made Elvira funny to me as a kid, and we'll get to talking about Hocus Pocus in a second. It was the, the fact that the mo- the horror movie that she was showing would be scary on its own, but it also had a lot of ridiculous elements to it, mm-hmm. like plan nine from outer space. Right. And so by sort of pointing out the humor in these movies that took themselves very seriously, it was a very enjoyable thing to watch and hysterically funny. And, you know, Cassandra Peterson is generally a very funny comedic performer. She was in the groundlings. Yeah. So, so she had a, a vocabulary for that type of delivery and, and, and keeping it moving. And I feel like, um, you know, uh, Hulu's Halloween drag extravaganza also fails on that level. It, it just, it just drags, pun intended, on and on, and it, and it was just like it was like sitting through an episode, a bad episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. where they're like, "All right, your challenge this week is to promote Hulu's Halloween films and original projects, and remember, don't fuck it up." That's exactly what it was. And you're just like, "Oh my god," you know. And what is it like? It, it just like Ginger Minj is capable of so much more. All of them are capable yes. of so much I mean, more. They're all wildly talented yeah. actors, actresses, performers. So, so it's it, kind of like, what is going on? I mean, I think the highlight yeah. for the Halloween for me is if you had to pick one was definitely Lady Bunny's number with Jackie Beat where they played uh, mummies because there was a lot of dumb, corny jokes in there. But even then, some of them were pretty just, well... They were dumb and corny jokes, <laughs> it, but sometimes yeah. it delivers well. Well, it, like even in the show, they played Solar Opposites. It's an animated series by the people who do um, uh, Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and they just played it without any commentary. And I'm like, this is an infomercial. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to make an infomercial, it should be free to watch. Just put it on YouTube, right? And don't charge. Don't put ads on it. That would have been better, you know? It's like, I, I was like, I want my Hulu subscription money back for watching that. For watching that. I'm going to call customer support at Hulu. <laughs> Can I get my money back, mm-hmm. please? It, it just, uh, you know, it, it, it's not worth really talking about it. I, they'll have to say the lighting was better than the Munsters. That's how bad the Munsters was, that it felt like the Munsters, a Rob Zombie film, mm-hmm. and this, you know, Basically, a, a a step above the drag the world tour was about on the same level, you know. Mm. It, it just was so I would call it pathetic, you know. And and that was it's almost cruel to say that, but it, you know, um, it's not good. You're up for elimination, it's and not, you, and I won't be talking about it anymore. I it mean, was like it was bad. I mean, yeah, it was it was made me angry. If you're a fan of drag <laughs> and you consume every single thing that comes out of the RuPaul verse, then perhaps you will like it, you know. No. But if 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 you're not a fan of that kind of stuff, then it just it's just not. It's and just not for clever. drag queens and comedians out there, if you're going to be on a show and all you do is talk about your other show on that show, what happened? Quit. Just don't even bother. It's like you're perpetually, it's like you're on a a speed dating of life. Explain this to me. What happens? So this is a common thing that we've, you know, because this is what we do. It's not just drag queens, but a lot of, especially stand-up comedians. When I get interviewed and I'm a guest on somebody else's podcast or or, uh, asked to perform in somebody's show, I'm not standing there on the stage and be like, hey guys, I do the Feast of Fun podcast. It's available free on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to it. Just search Feast of Fun and hit subscribe or follow us on, you know, like, but the drag queens all seem to think that's the really smart idea to do. And who am I to say? Because I'm, you know, they've got a million subscribers here, but it is so uh, infuriating and it's so disrespectful to people who tuning in to be hammering about some other project in that project you're in. And like, if I were Hulu, 
or what were they? What were they hammering? Yeah. Oh my god, they do that. They do just everywhere, and it's like, and and to me, how did it make the edit? They're they're well, even Hulu's like they're they're literally promoting other movies in, in the show in the show, and it was just like it just it's wrong, and and you know Jackie beats guilty of that, but but Jackie beats improvisation is so good it transcends that, but we'll get that to in a, in a second. Um, it was it's just it's terrible. <laughs> Hocus Pocus two, the search for Bette Midler's prosthetic teeth. <laughs> It's better than Hocus Pocus 1, that's for sure. The bar was really low. I never liked Hocus Pocus 1. You never liked it? And when we talked to Peaches Christ, because she was saying that they were going to reboot it, and and like she she didn't get it either, because she didn't really like it too much, but then she talked to these people who were a little bit younger than her, um, you know, Ben De La Creme and uh, Jinx Monsoon, who she does a Hocus Pocus thing. She's like, these people and this this generation, they grew up on this film, so they love it. And, you know, because I was older when it came out, Mm -hmm. I could see it for the piece of crap that it was. Uh, and even like watching it like as an adult years later, I'm just like, okay, the movie's just like okay, but it's not great. It does have some good things in it, but it's not a movie I'm eager to watch again. And, but this movie, I was I was laughing more than anything than the first movie, and the pacing is much better. Well, I think uh, you know it's been 29 years since the first film mm-hmm. was released, and Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy look like they just transported from one movie to the other like it well it, kathy najimi yeah, uh, lost, is a little skinnier she's, she lost weight and her um her af- affectation of her Bell's lip palsy uh, is on the other side now because she says it's easier for her to do it on the side and so they try to uh, i guess she gets slapped in the film and that's when that kind of moves to the other side because she's like it just makes it easier some That's people fine. are calling out ableism on that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And other people are saying, well, hell, Sarah Jessica Parker, her hairstyle changed. And the Kathy Najimy lost weight. But you can't wear a fat suit in Hollywood anymore unless you're Brendan Fraser. And even then, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, look, 29 years later, these gals still got the dance moves. Uh, you have, uh, you know, Doug Jones playing Billy the Zombie. You have some really great artists and entertainers involved in this project. And so... It was bound to be good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Hocus Pocus, definitely give it a chance, even if you hated the original one. Um, It's it's the bar was set so low. Mm -hmm. I I do think the original Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler's cover of Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on Mm -hmm. You, is a lot more fun than her sort of version that she did in this Mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. It's still not as good, you know, so it does follow a lot of the beats and the Mm -hmm. same kind of plot points from the original film. Um, the the mayor being obsessed with candy apples is a is a thing that went nowhere, but it also feels like they're setting this up for a streaming series on Disney Plus. Yeah, it'll probably have the young kids who kind of like discover their witches. Mm-hmm. It'll probably have something like that, and I don't know if we'll see the Sanderson sisters or Billy again. Um, because the curse has been lifted. Maybe Billy will be yeah. making a guest appearance. But there's also drag queens that appeared in here as well. Ginger Minge and Chicago's own Kamora Hall and Cornbread Jete were also uh, featured in there. And when I first heard that like Ginger and uh, Kamora and Cornbread were going to be in there, I felt a little like, you know, I feel like Peaches, Jinx, and Ben kind of resurrected a lot of interest in that movie. So I was kind of like, they should be the ones up there and doing that. But, you know, this works because especially Disney from a marketing aspect is trying to show representation. Right. And Kimora mm-hmm. is Asian. Cornbread is cornbread is a black and ginger is a white person. And so I think that, you know, they're trying to show that representation because they have to appeal to a worldwide audience. You know, it's not so narrowly focused. So I see it and, and, and I, I see why they made that decision. And I think it's a smart move. Uh, what do you think about Disney's uh, ongoing trend of humanizing their villains? Like Maleficent or, you know, sort of this all was kicked off by the success of Wicked on Broadway, Mm -hmm. but they're doing that with everything. You know, no, but their villain, no villain is too evil that can't be redeemed. Well, you know, do we live in a binary anymore? No, no, we don't. Everything before was like it was black and white. You're either evil or you're not evil. And there's still a lot of people out there that are like that. You're like, you know, you say one wrong thing and all of a sudden you're the devil, even though you might have said 99 wonderful things. Now, uh, Hocus Pocus originally adjusted mm-hmm. for inflation. Guess how much compared to Billy Eichner's bros made on its opening weekend? How much? Um, well, so, I'm sorry. In its entire theatrical run, made $16 million. 
And Billy no, Eichler's, no, no. It lost sixteen point five million. It lost sixteen point five yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. So at this point in time, oh, yeah, Billy okay. Eichner's has only lost about eighteen million. Yes. So maybe you know, maybe the gays and the and the straights or the queers will show up next weekend. Uh, listen, I, no. Bette Midler's doing fine. Billy mm-hmm. Eichner's going to sleep comfortably in his mansion tonight. You know? <laughs> do you think Billy's in a mansion? I don't yes, think I, I think do he's, believe he's think in he a mansion. He probably has a nice up condo or a nice apartment, but I don't think it's a mansion. He has he has a, a security if, guard in the basement, you know, in the, in the front lobby. But if he has a jacuzzi, call me. <laughs> especially if Luke McFarland's there. Oh, yeah, especially if Luke. <laughs> Poor Billy Mc... You know, he's like being compared to Luke McFarland. You know, that's the danger about getting cast well, with somebody who's like famous for being attractive. Well, you know? what's wonderful, too, is they, they made so much fun of like these the Hallmark movies in there. And, and Luke McFarland has been in a bunch of Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah. You know, well, and, and this, you know, bros he, would not have been made. He was even in that Hallmark. Was it a Hallmark movie with um, with uh, Ugly Betty's with star? Ugly yeah, Betty's. Yeah. Uh, Michael Urie, was that done by Hallmark? It was. Yeah. 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 He was in that. And I feel like the, you know, in Michael Urie's project hadn't been made, uh, bros probably would have a harder time being yeah, made. Yeah. So once again, Michael Urie pioneering <laughs> and not getting the respect he deserves. Uh, you know, in terms of humanizing villains, it's, it's a tricky situation because, you know, there is behavior that we don't want to redeem mm. selfishness violence yes the murder of innocent children yes <laughs> and so then be like oh the sanderson sisters were just misunderstood i'm like um i think there was a little girl that they killed in the first movie that still hasn't did been ki- did they kill they someone? kill a girl yes and drain her life force like the skexis and dark crystal oh. yeah so i'm like um you know, let's not rush to uh, well, forgive Well, if you can think that. of a better way to stay young and beautiful forever, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> well, they go to I'll Walgreens. I'll tell you what, if there were rich people out there who would stay young and beautiful forever, they'd be killing babies left and right. Well, they are already. They're, there is, know, there is things. happening. There, there is things. Uh, you can get a fecal transplant from a young person, and that will, a blood transplant as well, mm-hmm. Um that does uh, have, but the effects wear away. The effects wear away. So yeah. just like a vampire, you have to continue, continue to taking the shit and blood, blood piss and shit from a young whippersnapper in order to stay young and cute. Mm-hmm. Well, what's nice about Hocus Pocus too is like it's on Disney Plus. So if you own Disney Plus already, you just sit down on your TV. You don't have to go out. You don't have to sit in the theater and see it. Um, you know, probably the strongest of this bunch next to Bros is Jackie Beats' unlicensed psychotherapist. Now, tell people how they can watch it for free. You can watch it for free by going to your Apple TV and search for Out TV, Mm -hmm. and you can get a free week subscription. Mm -hmm. So wait for a couple more weeks till more episodes are up, because they're posting one a week. Oh. So right now, there's a three. the the first three episodes are up. Okay. So wait a couple weeks. (laughs) But the thing is- Jackie Beats listening to this like, God damn it, Fausto, I need that money. She doesn't care. She'll still get paid anyway. But so what you do is you sign up for the free week, but then you- you go right into the settings. Go into the settings right away on your phone and cancel the subscription. Yeah. You still get the week, yes, but it's not. You're not going to incur a payment. That's correct. Okay, that's all we need to know about it. Yes. Okay. Cancel your subscription right away. You'll still have the free week. Yes. And then if you like Out TV, then pay for it. And you want to get, you know, watch Camp all Wanakiki. of Sa- all of seasons of Camp Wanakiki are there, including my episode. Oh, where you're the gay bear. The gay bear in season three, uh, season Two, one. one. Episode three. Okay. That's, you don't need to watch any of this. That's the only one worth watching. Uh, but anyways, Jackie Beats Unlicensed Psychotherapist, Dr. Jackie, is, I think, funny because they just let the performers run wild and have a good time. Mm. So they have a like a skeleton, an outline, and let the people just kind of wing you don't it. Think it's, you don't think Jackie scripted it all? And every Jackie can't been... remember shit. Do you remember when she performs on stage? She can't even remember lines of her own songs. We were joking. She's on the phone. She's uh, she's saying lines. And we're like, somebody's on the other end of that phone, and they're feeding her lines. So they're <laughs> like, like Mae West. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, of course, they get the, uh, the calls Mitch maxed up, so they... Ruined a bunch of takes. And she's just like, what about uh, my car insurance? My car warranty is trying to be reached. Uh." (laughs) Um, So, you know, unlicensed psychotherapist. I'm not sure. They're calling it Dr. Jackie, Mm -hmm. but the title of the series is unlicensed psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. And it stars Bianca Del Rio, Alaska, Bob the Drag Queen, Katya, Trixie, Ben De La Creme, Tammy Brown, Kelly Mantle, Monet Exchange, 
Um, Mario Diaz, Nadia Ginsburg, Sam Pancake, Calpurnia Adams, Selena Luna, lots of lots of people we've heard on this podcast, and uh, Drew Droge. All the LA folks. All the if you're you know, in LA funny, and you're queer, you're queer gonna be on it. LA people. I only watched the one with because uh, yeah. I haven't had much time to see anything yet. But I watched the one with Nadia Ginsburg, who I adore as Cher, coming in to get a little psychotherapy, and it's just brilliant. And you, you know, you can tell there's so much love and affection between Jackie Beat and Nadia. It's just it's so fun, and and and, and uh, Sherry Vine. And I feel like They're we just didn't crew. get enough scenes with um, Jackie and Nadia in the Madonna Log series mm. that she did on Net, on YouTube. And so this is for fans of that. You're definitely going to enjoy that specific scene in the third episode. So definitely um, watch it. And Lady Bunny yeah. is in psychotherapist, right? She is not. She's not. She is not. She was busy at the time. Oh, yeah. Hmm. She was written out of the. She was written. Well, out. they filmed it, but it wasn't funny enough, so they just oh deleted I the she footage. She was going to be in it. Nope. No, that oh, is they confirmed. were in the Halloween thing. They were in the Halloween together, yes. Oh. Playing mummies, doing dad jokes. Yes, mummies uh. doing dad jokes. Yeah, <laughs> leave it to those bitches. Oh, it was so awful. Go watch Jackie. If you like drag queens, Jackie beat unlicensed psychotherapist. Ten times, a hundred times funnier than Halloween drag mm -hmm. extravaganza. Uh, it's just shameful. <laughs> Uh, other things that, uh, you know, people haven't watched yet uh, that worth mentioning, Fire Island, starring uh, also former guest and written Joel Kim Booster. Mm -hmm. uh, like Billy Eichner's um, bros, it is his pet project. He put it heart and soul into this. And it also has lots of our past guests in there. And um, it's a great film that, uh, is it available on Hulu? I believe it is. It is, yeah. And it's very similar in, in a lot of the pacing and... and um, humor that bros has it, mm. you know I, you know i don't want to like compare these two films to each other but a lot of people are and you know it's it, it's it's still not I, I think like bros what shines for me is it's just it's uh unfettered um cynical humor about gay life <laughs> and i feel like uh joel kim booster's humor is he's you know Maybe five or ten years down the road, he's going to be able to make those jokes. But right now, he's just he he's too to be, successful. He needs to be a little more bitter and jaded. He hasn't have I, the Joel, bitter sting Joel of wrote, failure. Joel wrote for um, Billy. He did. Yeah, he wrote for them. Yeah. They were doing some interviews together. I think when the when their shows were before either show came out. But the problem with all this is, is that when your life is going really, really well, and everybody adores you and loves you. And you're having the sex that you want. You have money in the bank. You live in a fabulous mansion or home or apartment with a, with a security guard. Um, <laughs> you eat sushi and wine every night. It's hard to sort of like tap into everybody's struggles, and you know that could be some of the 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 difficult mm -hmm. in in all these series mm -hmm. is that they're sort of being put together by people who just don't know what it's like to watch cockroaches crawl on your bed at night do you know what it's like to have cockroaches i sure do <laughs> not today but i've you know grew up with cockroaches crawling oh. all over me did you have a lot of cockroaches in puerto rico uh yep sure did oh right. my god and cockroaches are not not the little american ones the big <laughs> tropical island mm. cockroaches you know to the point is like i'm not phased by bugs the way like people who are not exposed to bugs as children are yeah like i'm just like Grab a paper towel and just crush it, you know? I didn't grow up with cockroaches. We didn't have roaches where I lived. Yeah. we The, the worst thing growing up, I think, was... Um, spiders. Pill bugs and flour. Yeah, and so you like anything... If you're going to make cookies and you wanted to have flour, you had to put the flour in the freezer, in the refrigerator. Otherwise... It yeah, when I first worms. met you, you used to keep flour in the freezer. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, it keeps the bugs out. It does keep you the know? bugs and, out. And so, you know, and so the, the thing about it is, look... You don't need to suffer to make great art, but it does help you to relate to the struggles of everyday people. Mm. And, you know, in this day and age, we're going through so much that I want to forgive even Halloween drag extravaganza, even Rob Zombie's The Monsters. You know, it's not Christmas yet, <laughs> but forgiveness for making terrible <laughs> films or TV shows uh, is important. And, and, you know, just because... It didn't work out this time. Does it mean tomorrow won't be better? I just so love the monsters. I want. A I know. Well, you can watch. Listen, you can watch Car Fifty Four and the Monsters 
uh, online and enjoy the originals for what they were. Okay. You know, and Herman Munster dressed up in drag twice in the series, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. There was one um, where he gets zapped by a bolt of lightning and he spends uh, some of the episode as Fred Gwynn. And they're just like, oh, he's so ugly. He's so hideous. How can we, oh, yeah. how can we survive, you know? And so the, uh, Al Lewis, grandpa, um, tries to turn him back to Herman Munster, but then it turns him into a woman. I remember that episode. Woman, yeah. I remember that episode. And he's like, I think and, I like this. And, <laughs> and I don't you know? think Lily was that all that phased. No, she's like, right? whatever. Gender's just a non, just a spectrum. Mm. And then she became a lesbian, and that's the end of the, the series. That was the end of the show. Yeah. Oh. And that's and that kids is how the monsters were born. <laughs> uh, it's been revealed that Aretha Franklin was followed by the FBI for 50, 40 years. Of her life. And Sammy Davis Jr. too. Well, she was a follower of Martin Luther King, who was also yeah. followed by the FBI, right? Yeah. Yeah. For years. And uh, it mean, wasn't uh, they, the A FBI. lot of people are yeah. pretty much like the FBI may have uh, had a hand in his death. She was uh, uh, close to Martin MLK and also Angela Davis. It was not the government that released this information, but Rolling Stone magazine, who uh, obtained documents. The Freedom of Information Act. You always hear that in right-wing conspiracy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I did a, a Freedom of Information Act request of documents, and they found out that Aretha Franklin was uh, spied upon for 40 years of her life. Yeah, they, they uh, interviewed the son, and the son said, I don't know if my mother was really aware of it. But my friend did tell me that uh, she did get arrested at one point in time for beating up a cop. But I'm sure that cop had a comment. You bet. He didn't R-S-E-P-C-T her. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank I wanna, you. I want to remind folks. And I don't have a Netflix special. <laughs> that we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus member yet, sign up today at feastoffun.com slash plus because your contribution to the show is what makes this show happen. You can also join us on Patreon for an ad-free experience. And um, follow us just, on Hulu. Uh, on <laughs> no, Instagram. On Instagram. I'm Mark Fillion. He's Fausto Fernos. Fausto Fernos. But Tim Burton's uh, Wednesday, Adams, is coming out soon. Yes. And uh, guess what day of the week they're releasing it? Wednesday. That's right. <laughs> oh, Wednesday's it, Child is Full of Woe. In November. Why? Oh, after Halloween? I was like, talk about coming late to the party, but monsters. stealing all the focus. Oh, monsters. So what, everybody, like the musical Wednesday Adams was a teenager, and now this she's going to be an adult too. Everybody wants Wednesday to grow up, because I guess you just can't get a kid to do much acting. Kids are shitty actors. How? No, but she's going to like a Harry Potter school. But I think she's going to be like a teenager. Well, what what did they want? They want her to be an adult? Well, no, I mean, Wednesday what, they, what does the what public did, want? Wednesday Adams was a child yes, in the TV on the series. Show. In the series, she was in a the child. musical, she's a young woman who's young falling in love. love yes, and with a song, I'm going in a new direction. And then she, uh, yeah. but in this, she's going to be like a teenager going off to high school. That sounds good. So it's like a Hogwarts style school, hopefully without the turfs. But we don't know. But with Tim, I don't know. Is Tim Burton a turf or not? <laughs> we have to find him, out. Yeah. Bette Midler's a turf. She's not really a turf. She did. She put, tweeted, uh, she said, uh, like, uh, women, what is it? She, they're trying to go after women because now they're, you know, using those she terms. She didn't understand what was happening. And Bette Midler, listen. She said, she yeah. came out afterwards. She's like, if you don't think I'm an ally, you don't know me. Uh, so I'm just going to have to trust her judgment on that. And she just, she fell victim to right-wing propaganda. We all do from time to time. Listen, anybody who knows trans women are real women, because if you say anything that pisses them off, you'll never live it down. <laughs> come after me come, come after, after me come after fight me fight me fight Fausto for his misogynistic jokes oh okay that's that's where you get me yeah that. yeah is it true is it but is where's the lie just saying where's the lie so Bette Midler was canceled but Hocus Pocus is out now and everybody's enjoying it mm -hmm. Tim Burton is uh sending Wednesday to Hogwarts without the turfs and mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully she gets an A plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, she doesn't want to go to the school. That's the premise that she, oh, really? her she parents are sending her to boarding school oh. to be a proper Adams or something mm -hmm. or to be a witch. Well, I guess the big controversy with that show when that came out too was like, was the actor who's playing um, uh, uh, the father, Mr. Adams, is whether he is Gomez Adams, is whether he was attractive enough. 
Oh, really? Not yeah. because he was Puerto Rican. Well, he's Puerto Rican, but like you know, they they wanted a um, you know. Uh, you know, they, his name is Gomez Adams. So Luis they, Guzman. Yeah, his name is uh, Gomez Adams, so everybody assumes he's a Latin character, right? Or Latinx yes. character. But we don't know if he is or not. He just may have a Latin X name because the guy who wrote The Adams Family, what's his name again? I forgot. Uh, Charles me. Adams' Charles. character. And so he actually had a member of his family whose name was Gomez, and he always just thought it was a really kind of funny name. So the person... Gomez Adams and his family may have been Latinx or not. We don't know. I'm glad. Listen, and just this because is Raul, my, Raul Julia played him as a Latin. Who was also Puerto Rican. Yes. Luis Guzman is Puerto. Listen, the but Adams family John is Aston, Puerto Rican. John Aston was not Puerto Rican, though. Well, maybe he was we in of. the closet. Like uh, like um, Ginger Minch. She's in the closet of being Puerto Rican. Did you know that? <laughs> She's well, she, Puerto Rican. She told us she was. Puerto she told Rican. us. But she, does she ever talk about it in interviews? No, She's in cares. the closet. About being Puerto Rican. <laughs> Luis Guzman is not in the closet. He's mm -hmm. from Calle, Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And the Adams family are Puerto Ricans. When we were growing up, we had a weird house covered in thorns. And people were like, that's the Adams your family mother, Your house. sister did say you guys were like the Adams family. We were the Adams family. And I was Wednesday. And Pugsley all rolled into one, honey. Okay. okay. Yes, mama. <laughs> Coming up next year, it's Feast of Fun on Huluverse. We're going to be doing a lot of musical numbers and a lot of cornball jokes. You know, I'm a mummy. Look, I scare people. Watch what happens when I go up to someone. Hi, I'm a mummy. Ah! That's an actual song. <laughs> I'm going to try to find Kooky. Kooky, lend me your comb, and I can't find it anywhere. That's, that's a real song, I'm a Mummy, by Bob McFadden. Look it up. It is. It's a great song. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.